Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. There is a passage, actually two passages that I want to share with you. They are essentially the same passage, but I want to give you context. Uh, In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 39, and chapter 16, verse 25, I want to give you context as we look at these two uh, passages. If you would stand in reverence to the Word of God, we will be reading from the King James Version of the Scripture. Uh, In verse 39 of chapter 10, it reads, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. And then in chapter 16, verse 25, essentially the same words re-echoed, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. I want to preach for a while, just a little while, about finding our true selves in the true Savior. It is important to know that this verse, or these verses, or some form of them, occur in all four of the Gospels. It is cited, as I have read to you, twice in the Gospel of Matthew. These verses are cited twice in the Gospel of Luke, once in the Gospel of Mark, and once in the Gospel of John. This type of repetitiveness and redundancy has a redemptive focus, but God is accentuating and emphasizing something that is very fundamental in regards to our focus and our faith in him. It's interesting, the occurrences in the Gospel of Matthew are centered around the cost of discipleship. It really does cost us to serve the Lord. I know so many folk want a free ride. We don't want to be disturbed. We don't want to be pushed out of our comfort zone, but it will cost you something. To serve the Lord. And in the Gospels, Jesus says, and he says it in the context of these verses, that if any man would come after me, any woman, anyone, come after me, he or she must deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow me. Our quest, our need to understand who we are and why we are, ultimately finds its fulfillment in the true Savior. Jesus says, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father by me. All truth, all understanding merges in the master. And this text is a reminder of that truth. Two sailors were at leave. They had taken some short leave and while at shore had imbibed themselves to excess at the local pub. They left the pub, the bar, and on a very foggy night went out into the streets crying to find their way back to the ship. They ran into their commanding officer who um, they did not recognize and they asked him, do you know where we are? And he was appalled, he was aghast at their attitude and their appearance. And he said to them, do you know who I am? And one of the sailors looked at the other sailors and said, we're in trouble now. We don't know where we are, and he doesn't know who he is. <laughs> you know, I like this story because it is a, um, it is a striking metaphor for the times in which we live. I meet so many people whose lives seems to be adrift, lacking purpose, lacking meaning, no substance, no truth, nothing to anchor themselves. And we need to be anchored because if you're not anchored, when the storms come and uh, we, we look for that security, we look for that sense of purpose and meaning often in all the wrong places. This is a passage, these verses and its companion verses in all the Gospels that remind us that we find our true selves when we find the true Savior. Three points and I'll be through. There is the seductiveness of the search. I thought about this and, you know, I thought, well, maybe I need to use another word other than seductiveness, but in essence... It is what it comes down to. There is a seductiveness that this text reminds us of about the search. Rare, absolutely rare, is the person who needs no meaning, who needs no truth, no understanding, no sense of significance, no sense of purpose. That person is in the minority. Most of us would quickly deny, we would quickly decry Shakespeare's claim that life is simply an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. The reality is that the search for meaning and purpose is weaved into the very fabric of our humanity. This search, what this text reminds us of, this search, if it's unguided, If it's not anchored in a sense of the transcendent, if it's not anchored in faith in God, we can become frustrated and we can become restless and unfulfilled. The examples are myriad of this. The college student who keeps changing majors to the chagrin of the parents who have to pay the tuition bills. The church member who keeps changing churches. The employee who keeps changing jobs and careers. 
the politician that keeps changing positions or the voter that keeps changing parties the aging diva who keeps changing her appearance frustrated and lonely spouse who keep changing mates or the truth seeker who keeps changing religions. These are all symbolic of the frustration that our search for meaning and significance and acceptance can cause. But it is this quest exactly that exposes us to vulnerability and it's what makes us human. But the text reminds us it can be potentially seductive. The one who finds his life can, in fact, lose it. Isn't this really the story of the woman in John chapter 4 who was entangled in a web of relational dysfunction? She had been married five times. And she was living with a man who was not her husband. But when she met Jesus, but when she met Jesus, her life, the trajectory of her life took on a whole different meaning as she ran back to the city and said, come see a man who told me everything I have done. The seductiveness of the search. There is a very popular YouTube video of a greyhound race in Florida. These racing dogs are trained to chase a mechanical rabbit around the track. On this particular day, in this particular race, the mechanical rabbit broke down. It malfunctioned, it stopped working, and the racing dogs stopped in their tracks. A lot of them confused, no sense of where the finish line was because their immediate prize and their lifelong pursuit had quit working. You know, sometimes we're chasing mechanical rabbits. Money, sex, power, prosperity, influence, prestige, position, material things. And then one day we wake up and the rabbit stops running. And we're left bereft of purpose and meaning. Only what we do for Christ will last. He that findeth this life shall lose it the seductiveness of the search. Unlike Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, it takes more than three clicks of the heel and a wish to get us back to the Kansas of our purpose and our meaning. The quest for success and significance, if not anchored properly, can become a ladder that we climb and then we ascend to the top and discover that it's against the wrong wall. How's your search this morning? What are you chasing? There's another movement in the text. 
not just the seductiveness of the search, but the sacrifice of the self. If we would find our true selves, this text says that it requires self-sacrifice, or what I like to call self-forgetfulness. This is the price we must pay. This, this is the prerequisite we must meet in order to find our true selves. I love the New Living Translation of our passage. It says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. The word for life in this passage is the word that has to do with our inner life, our immaterial life, the part of us that we can't see, really, the real you and the real me. It's the word suke in the original language. It is the word from which we get our word psychology. It's not our body. It's not that which we give so much attention to. That's the real person, the from within you that Jesus talked about. It's that soul life, that soul life in which inhabits and resides will and, and mentality and self-consciousness and conscious and emotion. That's the life that Jesus says that if you lose it, you can find it in me. If you give it up, if you let it go. And this admonition, this challenge cuts across the grain of a culture that idolizes me, my, and mine. So much has to do with me, my, and mine. He says, if you give it up, give your life to me, you'll find it. You know, as I was preparing this sermon, my mind went back to something that happened years ago. I still remember it. I remember a vacation. We were able then to scrounge up enough little money, gas change, when we were living in Kentucky to take the kids. They were small and they were young then, but we took them to Gatlinburg, Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains. There amidst the magnificent and majestic scenery of those mountain ridges, the room that we were in at the hotel, there was a stream that ran parallel to that room that we could see from our balcony. One afternoon after a downpour, I remember sitting there and thinking about a solitary raindrop and how that raindrop lost itself in the vastness and the immensity of the rushing stream. For me, it was a moment of profound insight that I have never forgotten. It was as if the voice of the Lord spoke to me and said, your true identity and your true purpose in life can only be found when it's immersed in me. Like that solitary raindrop, all of a sudden as it immersed itself in the river stream, it gained a purpose and an essence and a possibility and a destiny that significantly transcended its form and nature. God was asking me, and perhaps he's asking someone here this morning, are you really ready to lose yourself in me? Are you really ready to lose yourself 
in me. This takes us beyond church membership. This takes us beyond church work. This takes us to the very heart of what Christianity is. If any man would come after me, he must or she must deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow me. It's not about what you can get out of it. Isn't this the invitation that the Lord gave to the rich young ruler? But his riches and his success and his prosperity blinded his mind and blinded his heart to the truth. And he walked away from the Lord. And the Bible says it's because he had great possessions. If we really want to know who we are and whose we are, we have to be willing to let go and let God. It's a very popular gospel song out now by William McDowell. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can, so you can use me. I give myself, I give myself away. I love the stanza that says, here I am, here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hands. Lord, I'm longing to see your desires revealed in me. Lord, I'm longing to see your desires. Anybody have that longing? Anybody have that passion? I'm longing to see your desires fulfilled in me. I give myself away. Dr. Martin Luther King was fond of saying he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. A popular breakfast cereal commercial asked the question what will you gain when you lose? (laughs) To find our true selves the path of discovery requires us to let go of ourselves and immerse ourselves in the very heart and life of God. Are you that solitary raindrop today searching for purpose and meaning? I challenge you to give yourself away. There's one other movement in the text, not just the seductiveness of the search, not just the sacrifice of the self, But there is the sufficiency of the Savior. This is not some frivolous, unfocused challenge. The words of Jesus are linked and anchored in our response. And the way the verses communicated is, for my sake, he says. For me, or for the cause of me, or for the reality of me. For the essence of me, if you want to find yourself, then give yourself away to me. Give yourself away to me because there is in me a sufficiency that the world cannot give. Since I saw that or thought of that raindrop in the stream, Years have passed, but I'm still trying to give myself away. I'm trying to do it because 
the hymn writer said it well. I came to Jesus. I wish I had somebody here. Came to Jesus as I was. Weary, worn and sad. But I found in him. But I found in him. A resting place. That has made me glad. Give yourself away to him. Who in this last occurrence of the gospel of Matthew. Of this verse said. Upon this rock. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I'm going to go up to Jerusalem and lay down my life. But after three days, I will be raised again. I'm telling you, if you want to find yourself, your true self, you must find it in the one who not only made you, but you must find yourself in the one who saved you. You see, there are some products I have in my home that I'm reminded when there's a breakdown, you can check with the manufacturer. And there's somebody here this morning that might be having a breakdown. What you thought would make you happy, but it's just not working anymore. You climbed the ladder and thought when you got to the top, it'll be all right. But it's just not working anymore. I have some good news. You can check with the manufacturer. Do we have a witness? And I'm not talking about General Motors or GE Electric. Procter Gamble or Remington Company. I'm talking about the one who died on Calvary's cross. I'm talking about the one when he got through dying, he said, it is finished. And they took him down and put him in a bar of tomb. Do I have a witness? Some of y'all act like you don't know who made you and who saved you. I'm talking about the one who's a bridge over troubled water and a doctor and a lawyer. I'm talking about the one who may not come when you want him, but he's an on-time God. Do I have a witness? Talk about Jesus that got up early Sunday morning with all power in his hand. I know who I am and I know whose I am. He's my savior. He's my rock in a weary land. He's my shelter in a time of storm. He's my alpha and my omega. He's able. He's able. Do you know who he is? He's able. Is he able? If you lose yourself in him, you can find your true meaning and your true purpose. There's a seductiveness to the search. There's a sacrifice of the self. But there's a sufficiency of the Savior. For my sake, for my name, for who I am, for what I am, for what I've done, for what I will do. He's able. He's able. He's able. God bless you, and God keep you.
You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times. Thank you.